0: Hey folks, it's Friday, July 28th. I'm Josh Boykin, founder of Intelligame.us, and welcome to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Let's start today off with some good news. Yesterday, Intelligame broke the 100 follower barrier on Twitch. So I'm super excited. Um, I hope you are excited. If you have been listening to Anchor Radio and you've tuned into the Twitch stream, uh, thank you so much for your support and for sticking around to watch the streams. We actually ran through three games last night. We finished Emily is Away 2. Then we went into Nikki Case's The Evolution of Trust, an Instructable about why the internet feels like a dumpster fire. And then we finished with Yonder, the Cloudcatcher Chronicles, for a little bit of a peaceful, upbeat experience. And while we were streaming Yonder, we got not only our 100th, but also our 101st followers. So thank you to everyone who has been a part of watching IntelliGame grow, whether it's on the website or on Twitch or especially here on Anchor. You folks are the folks I connect with every day and it means a lot to uh, have you participate and show support. So thanks a lot for that. I just wanted to start off and, and let people know. I would have said it, but I didn't want it to be like in the middle of the night and have a notification pop up for some folks at 1 o'clock in the morning. I thought that would be ridiculous. Anyway, thanks again for that support. Let's go and talk about some games. a few call-ins to take today. Don't forget that if you're listening on Anchor FM, you can hit that call-in button and leave your question or comment that may be aired right here on Intelligame Radio. Thanks to all you folks who've hit that favorite button, who are coming back and who are submitting those call-ins. You're helping to grow Intelligame Radio and its community, and I really appreciate that. So why don't we go ahead and get started? First off, we're going to hear a call-in about some prior experience playing... Proto D and D, so to speak. Sadly,
1: I've uh, I'm a lifelong role player. I mean, I've been playing D and D since it was still called Eldritch Wizardry and Chainmail, and yes, that's back before D and D was even D and D. But you know, I had friends that were in college while I was still in junior high and you know but I started playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was 10 11 years old uh, 12 years old I remember some serious Monty Hall campaigns with some of my younger friends and then eventually I became a dungeon master because I was a good storyteller but sadly um, i no longer living around my friends on the east coast to play so I haven't been able to play in over a decade, it's getting to the point where I'm considering Skype as a chance. But hey, it's Michael Conway.
0: Peace out. Thanks for that call in, Michael. I think DD stories are really interesting because they're essentially guided storytelling. Though Dungeons and Dragons may have had kind of a reputation, even when I was growing up. I'm almost 30 now. But even when I was younger, is this idea of, oh, it teaches mysticism and you have these strange polyhedral dice and they can be tools of the devil but what it really is is just an opportunity for guided storytelling and i think that many of us who play tabletop role-playing games have really vivid memories of playing those games not because they're portals to the whatever but because they're really great opportunities to bond with friends and to make new friends I I can admit that there have been a couple of times where I needed to get ready for Dark Knights, the role-playing game with my friends that I brought up uh, a couple days ago, and I feel kind of tired, and I'm like, do I really want to go over there? But every time I go, it ends up really worthwhile. Uh, our, Our DM, John Duffy, is a really fantastic DM who's put together some great campaigns, and the other members of the campaign, Pete... Emily and Audrey, we just, we managed to have this great collaborative experience at the same time as we also just crack jokes and eat pizza and, you know, any number of other shenanigans. It's an experience that I think is worth attempting to stake out on, particularly if you've never played a tabletop role-playing game before. As far as your discussion about playing over Skype, I think that's actually a really great idea using the internet as an opportunity to connect with people who are far away is it's one of the reasons I love digital gaming so much and you might have heard me talk about why I'm willing to pick up destiny 2 even if it doesn't turn out to be my perfect game because if it gives me the opportunity to hang out with some of my friends who I wouldn't get to talk to otherwise even if we only do it a couple times a month that's worth it. If I were to do that for six months, that's less than the cost of a movie ticket, or even going out to dinner each time, or flying back to the Midwest. <laughs> so I hope that you consider that idea of getting a campaign going on Skype with some of your friends. I'll bet that they have strong memories of those D&D times too, and maybe it would be worth it to get every get the game, get the gang back together again.
2: Hi, Intelligame, it's Emily from the Innovation Intern. I'm not a gamer in any regard, but I decided to check out your channel and I was pleasantly surprised at you covering some pretty heavy topics in between talking about video games. And I just wanted to say thank you for that, and I'm looking forward to hearing more from your station. On another note, I'm looking for your expertise, actually. I'm trying to compile a good amount of innovative games that I can cover in my next podcast, and I was wondering if you, or actually even if any of your listeners, would be able to tell me about some innovative games that I can talk about on my station. Thanks so much, and I look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thanks for that call Emily. And thanks for listening to Intelligame Radio. I hope that even if you don't consider yourself a gamer, you still get something out of this show. And I do hope that at some point, maybe we can convince you to play some games. Now, understanding that your question is looking for innovative games for your podcast audience, it's still a difficult question to answer because the game space is just so broad. We have, card games and board games and video games and physical games and all of these different spaces have people who are constantly innovating and iterating on situations they've been exposed to to come up with new gameplay styles and new ideas. Now, I think that in the spirit of trying to come up with something that will feel innovative for your listeners, and hopefully you as well, I would like to bring up four games that provide experiences that I did not expect to get out of a game, and hopefully uh, that starts to address some of your situations. The first one that I would bring up is one that I've talked about a couple times here on the show already, and it's Yonder the Cloudcatcher Chronicles. I'm only a few hours in, but I'm really in love with the game, and in no small part because it's non-violent. We spend the time doing a lot of things that feel like any other game. We run around and collect quests and explore a map and all these different things, but there's no combat system to speak of. There's no health bar. You collect animals and you start a farm and all these different things, and it's created in a way that makes it feel inherently approachable and accessible for gamers and non-gamers, kids and adults. And I think that there's a lot of depth in the way that it conveys its story. There are some little things about the way that its uh, user interface isn't super cooperative, but I wouldn't let that stop me from playing the game. My second and third are what are called idle games. These are games that uh, there's actually a fantastic blog over at Great Depression Games about the stigma around idle games. But these are titles that don't involve complex button combinations, but still provide some of the same incentive structure as more quote-unquote hardcore role-playing games. You can level up, you get access to new, uh, to new technology, you get more money, all these different things. But generally, instead of doing active combat or whatnot, you just have to let time pass many idle games actually let you build up currency and strength even while you have the game closed so in that regard i would recommend two games space plan which is a really humorous take on an idle game that i believe is available on mobile but is definitely available for free on a browser and involves a lot of discussion about potatoes (laughs) and a dark room which has a slightly a, a much darker tone and is also recommended by Julia Alice of Great Depression Games. It is darker, it does have some combat in it, but it is turn-based and it makes a really interesting commentary about games and about systems and about using people. Now, the last one that I recommend is one of my if it's not in the top 5, it's in the top 10 but I'm pretty sure it's in the top 5 games of all time. My person, one of my personal favorites is Firewatch. This is a first-person exploration game where you play as a man whose wife develops sudden adult onset dementia and to attempt to grapple with this take a job as fire lookout in the shoshone national forest in i believe the mid to late 80s now this game is not only absolutely gorgeous um, exploring the world of the shoshone national forest is an entire experience to itself but it also provides a very deep very intense and at many times heartbreaking story that i think offers a level of depth that many people do not expect is possible from games now it does it's not just first person narrative games that have these deep involved stories but i think that there's something inherent to the the story of heartbreak and internal discussion and and dealing with the unexpected that Firewatch is just an an amazing game. An absolutely fantastic title, and I would recommend that too. So, I know that took a little bit, but I hope those answer your questions. Uh, Feel free to call in with more. The next two call-ins are in response to the discussion that we had about Trump's attempt to ban transgender individuals from participating in military service. We're going to go ahead and play those two back-to-back, and then address them as a whole. On the point of uh,
1: alienating people serving in the U.S. military, um, honestly, people who are transitioning their gender are not people that... Have their mind focused in the game where split-second decisions may cost the lives of not just them, but all the people around them. That a moment's indecision or confusion could distract from the survival of the group. Having served in the U.S. military back in the 80s when Don't Ask, Don't Tell existed... And seeing the disruption of, you know, actively gay people pursuing their life, I know it can be difficult, not easy.
3: So I'm. Sorry. A real shame to hear about the uh, potential reversal of the transgender um, bill. Obviously, I'm not um, because I'm from the UK. I'm not completely okay with all of the bits and pieces kind of thing. But uh, having served in the military over here um, at a time when when I first joined, um, you were not, or a person, was not allowed to be openly gay either. And and that has absolutely changed. I'm not sure about transgender. But um, it's a real shame that people are not being allowed to be the person that they are at the end of the day. I'm not sure who it affects or why it affects or why it would even affect the the Trump administration. It just seems to be repeating everything that possibly Obama has done, so that said person can go and do his own things. Uh, Quite sad, really.
0: Michael and Simon, thanks for your call-ins. I thought pretty extensively about those segments since I aired them, and I do still stand by everything that I said. I think it's interesting that both of you served in separate militaries that had don't ask, don't tell policies, and have yet come to very different conclusions about the effects of this legislation. Over the course of history, as we have normalized individuals, brought them into society, accepted them, and given them opportunities to be successful, we've seen that those communities are more successful. I think, of course, particularly about the black community, being a member of it, thinking about the opportunities that are even available to me that were not available to my mother or my grandmother. And these come from societal acceptance and integration of people who they previously considered an other, people who they previously said, well, there are physical, biological reasons that these individuals can't be included. Now, I can't speak to the effects of gender reassignment or of being transgender. I do have friends and loved ones who are part of the LGBT community and transgender individuals in particular who influence my drive to have transgender individuals th- treated as and respected as people with the same rights and privileges and abilities as anybody else somebody has the ability to do the job why are we stopping them from doing the job now i understand michael uh you bring up the idea of suicide rates and gender re- actively going through gender reassignment but it seems to me like we have other situations where people are going through genetic or going through biological changes and they're still allowed to serve uh, you know if if a woman is pregnant we don't instantly say you're pregnant you're out of the service I said I don't believe so but instead uh, we have opportunities for people to to go through and and conduct that service and then they come back I imagine when they have gone come off of maternity in contrast this ban removes transgender individuals from serving in the military and 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 that's just it this isn't uh, a this is uh this isn't a situation where we're saying while you're actively going through gender reassignment uh we will put you on leave and then bring you back that's very different the second thing is the increased rates of suicide in the transgender community and to detach i think that you have to take into account the violence and the trauma and the discrimination that is placed upon the transgender community. And think about that in terms of the suicide rate as well. Those are not disconnected. That if you have increased odds of being discriminated against for jobs or opportunities, that you could be attacked in the street or killed or murdered in for, for being transgender. That perhaps it would be easier to reach that state of hopelessness that then unfortunately leads individuals to take their own lives. So my hope would be that as we create more opportunities for transgender individuals to feel like they are part and accepted part of society and the community who are given opportunities and rights and privileges just like everyone else, that we would see those rates diminish. But in order for us to come up with those solutions, we have to be focused on finding ways to make life better for people who are members of those communities. Anyway, I appreciate both of your call-ins. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to hearing more discussions from the IntelliGame community as a whole about the topics we discuss. Hey folks, just a couple quick clarification points Number one, I understand that being killed and being murdered are the same thing. I got a little flustered in that segment, and so I apologize, but I hope everybody can understand with the, the nature of Anchor and learning how to handle that verbosity, but also not re-recording that segment for the 19th time <laughs> It would have been great. So, Second, I don't want to give off the impression that I have any military service under my belt. I do not. Uh, I did a little bit of JROTC in high school, but other than that, my knowledge of the military comes from research and from the experiences that I have heard about and had handed down to me by friends and loved ones who have served or are serving in the military. And of course, whenever I bring up loved ones who have served or are serving in the military, I do have to give a pat on the back to my uncle, who after 30 plus years in the military retired as an Army Airborne Ranger Medic is currently working for the U.S. government helping to take down cyber criminals and child pornographers. I don't say that to somehow attest to my ability to speak to the military. I'm just really proud of the work that he does, and I want to say thank you for that. Thirdly, um, if there are a couple of points that I brought up in that segment that seem uh, a little confusing, when I saw that Michael's piece was cut off, I called into his station asking if he would like to post a new call-in, and he informed me that it was fine to use the call-in that he'd already put together and that he also uh, wanted to... Uh, he addressed that call-in on his own station. So I listened to that and integrated some of that discussion into the segment that I put together. If you're interested in hearing that you can hop on over to Michael's station where that is currently live. In the meantime, uh, thank you everybody for participating in this discussion and I hope that we continue to have more discussions here at Italian Game in the future.